You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? Prepare yourselves, because there will be no leftovers after this episode. Welcome to a brand new Epic Film Guys review. I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. I'm B-Ready. And I'm Kellen. Yes, Mm. we are back. It's been a few weeks. Once again, we are slacking like a motherfucker, but we're here with the goods, the gory goods that is... For a full review of Eli Ross, Thanksgiving, what is it, Jeremy, 16 years in the waiting for this movie? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, something, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had it's been to, a long time. You had to do that, didn't you? Um, but we are not doing this one alone. We have a very special guest. Jeremy, why don't you introduce our guest? He's been on the show before. He is an incredible human being. He runs an incredible podcast, Kellen's Petty Talk Show. And he's taken me to the Myers house and he's watched me steal a piece of the famous Myers hedge and transport it home. You thief, you. What a thief. There's a thief on this show. So, yeah, my good friend Kellen is here. Kellen uh, rocks and we're we're ecstatic to have him on the show again. Every time we've had him on, people have loved uh, everything you've contributed. So welcome, my friend. Hell yeah. Thanks, dude. Welcome. Welcome. I'm back. Yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this is this is actually true. Uh, some of our listeners have reached out on occasion and sent me messages like, "Who the fuck is that Kellen kid?" And I'm like, uh, "He's just some guy." And they're like, "You should have that some guy come on again." I'm like, "Well, we plan on it when the opportunity oh, arises." So, oh, well, the farmer so thanks for having me back. Yeah, dude, for sure. This is the perfect movie to have you on for. I, you're the only one, so I, I I'm pretty sure based on your message that you sent that you got to see this on 35 millimeter. Oh. Yeah, just just last night actually. Yeah, I wasn't even planning on it. Just a friend hit me up. He's like, "I'm gonna buy tickets. You want to go?" I'm like, "Sure." Yeah, at the new Vista, the or the Vista, the one that Tarantino owns now. Oh, it's the one they just. Ooh, how was right? it? Mm-hmm. It was great. I mean, it kind of felt like how it used to, but it's just really clean and just it's a good atmosphere. It's fun. That's fucking awesome. Um, yeah. In terms of when we saw it, Brady, you actually got to see it before all of us when you got to see it in Boston at your first ever press screening for EFG, is that right? Uh, yeah, it was the first time I actually got to sit in the press seats and uh, it was pretty cool. It's in like AMC. the worst fucking, worst fucking AMC theater I think I've ever been to in my <laughs> oh, life. Man. Every AMC, AMC theater is- Of course is it is. I, I don't know, man. AMC Boston yeah. Commons is probably the worst, dirtiest- Want to see fucking, fucking <laughs> going to see fucking Thanksgiving, kid. The yeah. Boston oh, Cop and Wild. <laughs> yeah, those accents of the movie, they were alive and well. <laughs> I can only but, imagine. Uh, yeah, I saw it Tuesday. I was going to take my friend Nick, who listens to the show a lot, but his flight got canceled, so I ended up picking him up after. But it was cool. Bummer. Yeah, well, is, uh... I, I, you know, you know, I just the studio gave us passes to give away, so that was cool shit. Um, so wanted to thank, you know, Sony TriStar for as well uh, inviting us to our press screening in D.C. Unfortunately, 
Jeremy, you were unable to make that screening, but we had did a, have some had friends. Had a family thing going on, yep. Yeah. We had some friends attend that one. And, of course, uh, I work at Alamo Draft House, and we did a screening uh, the same night as well. Uh, so I got to see it in my home base. So it was, it was nice. a blast. We uh, gave out those John Carver masks you could, you know. Yeah, yeah. Wear. It, was, it was a lot of fun to watch the movie with a crowd. Uh, honestly, I don't think I've had uh, a crowd react to a movie in this way in a long, long time. We're going to get into that. Um, yeah, but, by the way, this is full spoiler. Full like, spoiler. Full I think this spoiler. is the earliest we've ever said that. I'm proud of us, guys. Listen, <laughs> the majority of people <laughs> listen progress. to this show, That's they, a they, they right already there. know, Brady. They should know that we're all, unless we say spoiler free. Before they click on it, they know there's going to be spoilers, but that's true. And we know that we have our resident spoiler king over here, Jeremy, who will ruin Jeremy. every movie for everybody. <laughs> Come and, on! And I'll have to defend him till the end of time um, from, you know, random strangers that mess with I, me. But. My, favorite, my favorite is when I spoil movies that we're not even fucking currently reviewing. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll spoil a movie that, like, we reviewed three episodes ago before somebody else sees it. And they're like, bro. I was I was listening to this episode and you fucking gave away this plot point from this movie. It, it wasn't even the show that you were actively reviewing. So that that's always my favorite. So now I've I, ever since then I've I've tried to be conscious about not fucking up like he well, just wakes up screaming in the middle of the night. He's like spoiler episode, spoiler filled episode. And Anne's like, calm down, calm down. Calm Anne's down. Like, what's, what's what's wrong with him? He's just yelling out spoilers in the middle of the night. I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> I, yeah, I like. I can't believe that John Carver, the killer in this movie, was fucking Stevo from fucking Jackass. That was a complete, <laughs> completely left field yeah. killer. That, I think it was it was a bold choice. It's great honestly. to see Stevo getting some work still. I mean, his podcast yeah, is great yeah. too. He's got some great guests. I, I always like listening to the show, but it's great to see him doing some non Jackass work. Yes, you know. Yes, perfect, perfect stunt guy for that. Absolutely, uh, fantastic work from Steve-O. But uh, uh, in all seriousness, uh, for those uninitiated, I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've already seen Thanksgiving. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be dropping this early, so when you're listening to this, it will be hitting before Thanksgiving. Because from my experience doing this podcast for almost ten years, dropping an episode on a holiday will just literally drop that shit in the toilet and flush it forever. So. You're going to be hearing this before Thanksgiving, but hopefully you've seen the movie. If you haven't, whatever, you're in for the fucking ride. Brady, if there is one or two people listening that don't know what the movie is, why don't you fill them in? Sure. Uh, so an axe-wielding maniac donning a pilgrim mask terrorizes residents of Plymouth, Massachusetts. One year after a Black Friday riot ends in blood and tragedy. As he picks off the victims one by one, the seemingly random revenge killings soon become part of a larger, sinister plan. I got lazy with this one. I read most of it off of IMDb. Uh, no, that, I liked it, though. That's, yeah, that's I, had, I, I had a flair here and there, but, you know. Well, you know. I like, that you, I like that you read it with jazz hands, too. That was really good. Hmm. Mm. It's yeah, for the effect. Thank you. So for most of you out there listening, uh, we all know where this originated. It was originally... Uh, conceptualized as a fake trailer for Grindhouse, which was the double feature with Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. And I think the biggest takeaway from everyone that went to go see that, because I remember going to see it in theaters and it was empty as fuck. Um, Too long. Aside from Planet Terror, which I loved at the time, I was not uh, a huge fan of Death Proof. I've come to appreciate it later in life. Um, 
I think I think at the time I just really wanted to go get laid and go to the bar and get wasted after it was just you don't put death proof after planet terror just just did not make sense but um yeah but the, the, the you know the faux trailers were such a huge talking point for everyone that saw it and I think Thanksgiving was one of the most talked about for years and years I mean we have Thanksgiving themed horror movies we do um blood rage being in my opinion the best that we have before this um but we've we've always needed something to fill that gap for the thanksgiving time period before christmas hits and it finally happened uh jeremy any idea why you think it took so long for eli roth to make this movie uh i mean i he was doing a lot of movies with quentin tarantino for a while you know um and then I feel like he kind of ran the gamut with with projects that he wanted to make. He wanted to make his Cannibal Holocaust, which was the Green Inferno. You know, he did some studio projects. Uh, what what was the Jack Black one he did? Was the Clock House with House, the Clock? House, the clock House. House. Yeah, which yeah. which yeah. up until this point, I honestly thought was his best film. My I like emotion. it. Yeah, I liked it. I I haven't seen that one. I I gotta check that out. But uh, it's all right. You know. <clears throat> He 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 did some really you know some strange movies too. He did Knock Knock, which yeah. is so fucking like, dude. That movie was so weird, and and I really enjoyed it, and it was so minimalist. I re- I really dug that movie. Is it Keanu? And I honestly, yeah. yes, dude. And Ana de Armas. Um, mm. and then I the way that I think that this finally came to fruition was I really feel like the studio somebody sat down with him and was like, like, what do you want to do? Like, what's a, like, you know, horror fans love you. What What is a horror movie that you'd like to do? And I think that finally he was like, you know, I made this trailer and people still talk to me about it. Like, I feel like I could flesh that out and make that a thing. In my head, that is some, like, how along the lines of how it all went down, where finally he was like, ah, fuck it. I, I feel like I could do this and it would be good. And also, and at the same time, slashers are back in vogue in a big fucking way. So, like, yeah. dude, why don't you make that thing into a real movie finally um i have to say before we get into initial thoughts i'm so fucking glad he did um we we got new slashers coming out all the time now and as a slasher fan primarily you know it makes me extremely excited to see new slashers because for a while there we weren't getting anything especially not in the mainstream but you know the new halloweens you know the new screams that kind of opened the door then of course terrifier 2 you know that stuff is putting the shit back in the mainstream and more people want slashers in fact slashers are doing just as good at the box office for the most part as the haunted house film so it's a great time to be a slasher fan but for initial thoughts i'm going to throw it to our guest kellen now, leading up to this movie dude did you have any preconceived notion or excitement or did you have a build up for this movie or was this something you fell into kind of like, Hey, this is cool. It's a new slasher movie by Eli Roth. I'm, I'm going to go check this out. Well, this was a short film, right? I never saw, saw the short film, um, but I've known about it and I've known that he's been trying to make this for years for a long time. And yeah, I was just excited for it. I feel like we were definitely due for a new Thanksgiving type horror movie. We have Thanksgiving and blood rage, but I think that's about it that come to mind at least. Um, but I fucking loved it. I mean, it's, it's a total cheese fest. It knows what it is. It's not, you know, trying to play any games with the audience. It's just a funny movie. It's got great kills. It's a great movie for the punks. You get like a misfit song at the end and the end credits. Like, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a fucking riot. And, uh, 
yeah, it was just it's it was kind of fun trying to figure out who the killer was. Um, I didn't really realize it for some reason on the first watch, but the second yeah. time you see it, it's it's a lot easier to figure that out. Um, but yeah, no, I I thought it was a blast. I do think like the the last act kind of falters a bit with like the pacing, and I noticed that a little bit more on the second watch. Um, the first the first hour is fantastic. It's just gold, especially with the whole Black Friday open. It's just fucking hilarious. Um, I love that kill with the the girl getting hit by the cart and her fucking scalp just sliding across the floor. <laughs> that was great. Gina um, Kershaw, yeah, yeah, that's probably top three. I would say the other two would be uh, the the garbage the garbage uh, truck kill or, or garbage can kill where she gets pushed into the garbage can. That was great. And then they put her their cor- corpse on the bo- on the building. That was cool as fuck. And I think my favorite kill was the the windshield one where the guy gets just impaled in the face. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely yeah. be doing a, a kill section on this re- review for sure yeah. because it's like something. I mean, that's, that's what you're going to see this movie for. In <laughs> essence, you 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 have to. Um, yeah, uh, but, but I loved it. Great to hear, uh, Jeremy. I'll th- throw it back to you. Um, yeah, because um, you're a Roth I, fan. I, I would have to say on the show, you're probably the biggest Roth fan out of all three of us. I really really loved the green inferno like out of all of his movies leading up to this one like that was you're one, you're one out of 10 like, people in the entire world jeremy <laughs> i liked it i'm cool with that man i dude I've, I've talked about it on the show before i like films where people are put in impossible situations that seems like there's almost no escape and them having to find a way out of it. Like, I don't know. There's just something about that trope in a movie that I'm like, this is my shit. I really fucking love this. Um, So I loved Green Inferno, like, a lot, a lot. And I remember going to see Grindhouse when it came out. Was it 2007? Was that correct? 2007, Justin? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I remember going to see that, and the trailers fucking excited me, man. So, like... We ended up getting Machete. We got two of those movies, you know, all spawned from fake trailer. So, of course, that got everybody talking about, well, fuck, out of all the fake trailers, what would you want to see? All the horror fans, what what trailer would you want to see get turned into a, to a feature next? And for me, I've always loved slasher films. It's one of my favorite, you know, subgenres in the genre. Um, I loved it, dude. The trampoline kill in the in the trailer was just oh yeah so so amazing um so when it didn't happen for so many years it was one of those things where it's kind of like another nightmare in elm street where i'm just like you know what enough time has passed that it's okay i've let go you know if if something happens one day cool i'll watch it of course but like i don't i didn't have any type of excitement when it was like announced it was like oh like he's doing things thanksgiving and i was like oh that's that's cool but like had they announced this shit like anywhere from like five to six years after Grindhouse, I feel like my excitement level would have been like I would have just been walking around Target with a rock hard cock, and the people would be like, "Oh, what's going on? What's going on?" And I'd be like, "They're fucking making a Thanksgiving movie, kid." You'd be walking around with a fan made Thanksgiving shirt before the actual merch comes out. Exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Wait, wait. So was, I've I've seen this trailer then. So it was a Grindhouse trailer. It wasn't a short film. Correct. That's right. It was okay. it was it was it was a trailer for Grindhouse. Yeah. Okay. So a I had no trailer. Yeah. I just completely forgot. 
I turn around, I knock a fucking display over with my fucking hard penis, and I'm like, thanks, Kev- thanks Kevin's coming uh, out, You're kid. scaring kids, the cops are getting called and shit. giving yourself a lot of credit. And, and someone's like, dude, seriously. <laughs> it was a small display. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so like, you know, I, I, I saw, I watched the trailer for the actual film, like, one time, and I was like, cool, this, I'm sure it's Eli Roth, I'm sure it's gonna be good, I'm sure it's gonna be fun, but even still, I wasn't like, oh, this is like on my most anticipated list. Um, I can tell you that when I sat down to watch this movie, the first 10 minutes of this movie, I I really liked the characters. I thought they were all unique. None of them were necessary. Like, some of them had some of the tropes of, like, slasher movies. It's like, all right, you got the token black guy. You got the, the dumb jock kid, X, Y, Z. But, like, there was something endearing about these characters enough that they weren't cardboard cutouts. 100%. These tropes. So immediately, I really liked the characters, and then when the the Black Friday scene hit, I knew like, holy fuck! If it can stay this wild the entire movie, then then this is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And the one thing that I f- I found really remarkable that Eli Roth did with this is that like, were there you know like Kellen, you had said that it's a you know a lot of it is a cheese fest. What I found really interesting is that he could have really delved all the way into that but there is a fine balancing act happening in this movie where it's like yes there is moments of camp yeah yes there is moments of comedy but then you also have a legitimate good whodunit slasher movie that is played very straight very serious throughout you know and then you've got people wearing you know turkey costumes getting decapitated and people getting chopped in half from dumpsters and a lot of ridiculous stuff too. But I, I was really impressed with the fact that he could have gone all in camp and just made this a super fucking campy slasher movie through and through. And I was really impressed that he really towed the line with all of those things and didn't go too hard into any of them. And it's like, like putting a recipe together, man. Yeah. Like everything just went together perfectly that it's so unique and I just found it fantastic. So I, I, I walked out of the theater having a fucking great time and I'm like, you know what? It's so great to see slasher movies back at it again. You know, like Scream 6 was huge this year. You know, Thanksgiving is doing really good numbers, you know, especially based on its budget. So... I my hope is that this thing continues to do gangbusters at the box office and they start green lighting more slasher films just like they did after the success of Sc- of the first Scream movie. We got tons of imitators and tons of not great slashers and great slashers. So I'm hoping that that happens again. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. The exactly what you just said before I throw it to Brady is what he did perfectly was make an easily accessible slasher movie where for the hardcore fans it has every single thing that we want from it but for you know the general moviegoer they can go in and watch it and still enjoy themselves yeah be ready you were the first to drop efg first thoughts on this shit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. throw it to me your initial thoughts on this movie yeah um i mean you know jeremy's definitely the the eli roth fan on the show but 
um, I think I'd probably fall right behind him. Like I've always enjoyed his movies. Um, you know, Cabin Fever is one that's always stuck with me, and I can always go back to and watch that. Hostel is a little little too much for me to keep watching, you know, uh, all the time, but it's still great. And, you know, it, it came out around the same time as, you know, Saw was hitting its boom. So like it, it's, you know, great stuff. Green Inferno, I also do enjoy. Uh, so when, you know, you get into the, the lore and the backstory of, and the development of this film, how it was that faux trailer up there with Hobo with a shotgun and Machete. And it's like, cool. Like, I mean, it's hard not to get involved in that. Right. And not be excited for it. Um, so watched the first teaser trailer and then really tried to stay away from anything that was, was happening around it. Cause I wanted to go in and just enjoy it because also on the flip side of that coin is like, it's a Thanksgiving horror movie. Right. And we all might like blood diner. Uh, we all might like Thanksgiving, but it's, you know, <laughs> There's a lot of stinkers when it comes to Thanksgiving horror. Um, and I didn't want to get my hopes up too high. Uh, but I can echo what everybody else has said on here. Like the opening is super fucking strong with the Black Friday scene. I think the kills are just, you know, to die for. Uh, but I I just, I can't, like, I also, like Justin said, have never really been in a theater where there was such a visceral reaction from the crowd to the kills like people were jumping and screaming and just like hiding and I, I think the closest i've gotten to that so far is um talk to me uh and that was just you know bits and pieces of that movie for this one it was like the whole fucking time um i was a little disappointed because the you know original trailer is that grindhouse 70s sleazy dirty vibe that i really really like and, and this one's not and that's fine um this one works on its own that way uh but it is a slasher through and through, and it's a slasher that's gonna go on to be a cult classic. I mean, it's got you know the classic whodunit of Scream. It's got the I know what you did last summer vibes. It's got the the Black Christmas vibes, the April Fool's Day. Like it's all wrapped up and it's put together so well, and it mixes in that humor where it's not like going off on these huge tangents where like it's like not believable, you know, like it's. It's chaotic at times, uh, but it's a fun chaotic, and it's it's an almost entirely believable chaotic to me. So I, I really, really enjoyed it coming out of the theater. What about you, Justin? Oh, yeah. I've been holding my dick this whole time, hoping it'll stay hard. Uh, I mean, this movie is part scream, part my bloody Valentine. You know, I mean, that, I, the two of those things rang true so hard for me. Uh, you know, this is definitely not a 1970s exploitation styled slasher movie. This is most definitely 90s slasher at its core. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's interesting because in interviews, Roth recently came out and, and, you know, they asked him about comparisons to Scream. And he said something along the lines of like, hopefully this will be like a new Scream for a new generation. And I don't disagree with that statement at all whatsoever. I would dare say that a lot of the stuff that I didn't care for in the last two screen movies, he does better here. Um, these kids feel real, uh, but at the same time, they are super caricatures of, you know, the slasher tropes that we've seen throughout all of the history of the genre. Um, you know, we have mean spirited brutal fucking kills and i don't know about you guys but aside from terrifier 2 because i think me and jeremy we talked about this pre-show a little bit it's kind of like if you push that out of the way because it's it's kind of hard to compare anything else to that 
it's a mega yeah. slasher it's kind of in its own category by itself um but for an easily accessible mainstream slasher movie this movie goes hard i mean we see intestines we see getting people getting their heads decapitated we see tons of fucking gore that we don't see in any other slasher movies getting released in a big way especially not by you know a studio like sony tristar um you know roth goes for the throat but still as jeremy said gives endearing characters that you can root for we have i would dare say you know one of the best final girls in a new horror movie in a long long fucking time with jessica i loved this character so so much connected with this character um there's not much to dislike about the movie now what kellen said about not knowing who the killer was uh i i knew before i saw the movie and not by not by reading anything i just immediately was like dude if, if 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 they're not the killer this makes no sense to me because as the movie progressed i was like it's it's not the the current boyfriend or the ex-boyfriend that would make no sense to any of this it's got to be an outside party so i either expected you know who or someone we hadn't seen yet you know like a surprise character um but all in all and we're going to get into it right now we'll kick off with that first scene black friday mm-hmm. the movie has such strong opinions about consumers and how we are as americans on holidays that are supposed to be precious to us spending time with family and instead people die and what he's doing in the movie is showing reality because this is something that has happened time after time over the years black friday or you know the thursday before people leaving the thanksgiving table like no nah, man i gotta go get that tv at fucking walmart because it's like 300 dollars off and people are getting badly injured or dismembered and in this case he, he he takes that literally and we see one of the most enjoyable sequences out of any horror movie in a long time now make no mistake we did see something similar to this in michael doherty's krampus we got to see something like a precursor to this but nowhere near as fucking brutal as this. What did you guys think of this? Uh, I loved it. I loved it when the girl was like, suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I really thought, like I said, it was strong. And I was a little worried once I started hearing Boston accents getting thrown all over the place. <laughs> but once they actually started getting into the actual dialogue, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what you hear up here. Like that's exactly the banter you hear when people are just like drunk, upset. Uh, but in terms of like this idea of consumerism and you know, Black Friday, like you said, you're, you're leaving the table early. You know, Roth has given a couple of interviews where he talks about that, and you know, he's from he's also from Massachusetts, so he's he's a native up up here. But he's like, you know, I keep you know, on November first, your phone's blowing up with Black Friday deal this or Black Friday deal that. And he's like, I I wanted to make a movie about how Black Friday bleeds over and this idea that we all say we're thankful and then just run out and trample each other for electronics and waffle irons. Um, And then he's also gone on in other interviews too, where he's talked about like how he wanted to write this as like, you know, there's no middle class anymore. Right. So like behind that consumerism is that, you know, there are people who literally could not afford to get gifts for their families unless it was for black Friday. Right. And then all these companies know that. So then it's these, these huge deals and like, it all makes it even so much more believable, I guess, you know? 
So I liked yeah. it because I was like, yeah, this this could fucking happen. Like people are animals when it comes to shopping and they don't give a fuck in general, usually about other people. So like how many times have you walked in a grocery store and somebody just comes around a corner and hits you with their cart and it's not even Black Friday and then they right. look at you like you did something wrong. So, yeah. Yo, one time, one time I hit my mom in the fucking ankle with a cart and she I would hated love to me. hit my mom in the ankle with a couple carts. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she was freaking the fuck out. Um, I, I liked that uh, the replacement boyfriend in this movie, uh, Ryan, played by Milo Mannheim, mm-hmm. he's like Disney Channel famous. You guys know that, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't forget that um, face. He still no. has the same face, man. Yeah, Which guy he, uh, I'm looking him uh, up. He he, the replacement boyfriend. So oh yeah, boyfriend yeah. in the beginning, and then the dude who ends up dating her later on in the movie. The guy that pushes so, the coat off. Oh yeah, my God, yeah. Funny as <laughs> yeah. fuck. Dude. So good. Um, yeah, he he, uh, dude, my kid was obsessed with these movies that he did on Disney called Zombies, and he played the lead character in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. dude is super super talented. So I was like. You know, I know it's it's hard breaking out from the Disney mold when you're in it. So I was I was stoked that not only was he in this, but he was really fucking good in this. Um, the cast, I I feel like worked so well all together, man. Um, it, it's such an ensemble cast. But before I even say anything else about the Black Friday thing, Lynn Griffin from Black Christmas from Curtains. Mm-hmm. was in this movie she the was grandma. the grandma yeah. at the kitchen table in the beginning of this movie yeah, yeah and, fucking jeremy you know the day after i go to see the movie he texts me he goes i just need you to tell me one thing about this movie <laughs> he was like and then he sent me a picture of her he's like is this the killer <laughs> yeah because i was i hadn't seen the movie so i didn't know i had not seen the movie so i did not know so i was like dude eli roth is a mega horror fan so like i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't fucking make lynn you know, Griffin from fucking Black Christmas and, and Curtains, the killer in this thing. But like also like low key, uh, this uh, convention that's local to me, that's really great. The throwback horror convention, Creature Feature Weekend. So they announced John Carver from Thanksgiving is appearing at our convention, but we're not going to mm-hmm. name the actor's name until after the yeah. movie comes out. Mm-hmm. So me selfishly, I was like, dude, I hope it's fucking Lynn Griffin because I want to fucking meet her and get her autograph on my curtains poster. And um, spoiler, it's it's not Lynn Griffin. Nope. No. And what you're <laughs> going to get, Jeremy, is a stunt guy. Yeah, it's the stunt guy that, uh, you know, which is pretty common practice. It's like, dude, you know, there's Matthew Lillard and then there's Skeet Ulrich that they showed up in, in the finale of Scream as they're like, we're the ghost face killers. It's like, no, nah. Dane Farewell and uh, Lee Waddell were actually the stunt guys in the movie. <laughs> But I'm glad to see these guys are they're they're making their money. They're the ones that did all the hard work. They were in the costume. Yeah. You know, all the iconic shots of of the killer and that's like people getting, you know, fucking Matthew Lillard and and Skeet to sign fucking Ghostface shots from within the movie. It's like that's not even them in the costume. Right. Like that's a stunt guy right there. You know, so I'm I'm glad yeah. these stunt guys get uh get their come up. I mean, that's that was the next thing I was going to bring up in the movie and we we can go through it as we do. Um, but fuck me. Uh, when was the last time we had, I mean, again, I'm pushing terrifier out of this, but when was the last time we had another iconic slasher villain with this imagery, this presence, a formidable foe 
that is terrifying on screen. Like when I first saw the images of the mask, I was like, okay, I'm cool with this. I'm not fully behind it. I like the idea. Yeah, they're wearing another fucking jumpsuit. So it looks kind of like it could be any other whatever Harry Warden fucking, you know, Mm -hmm. Rosemary's Killer, Michael Myers, Jason, you name it. But in the context of the movie, that silhouette of the hat and the shape of the mask and, you know, especially the pitchfork. I mean, I like that this villain uses different weapons and it's not just the same old, you know, tiny little knife in the hand, ghost face stab in the chest. We have super interesting kills here, super creative and super brutal, but just the villain themselves. I mean, it's something that you don't forget. Well, Especially that face. Harry Warden, because there were so many shots in this film where the killer is, you know, chasing someone down and just that very physical performance of brooding walk. Like, I was like, man, this reminds me just like of, of Bloody Val- my Bloody Valentine. And I was like, this, like, I'm watching that. And like, same thing with, uh, you know, some movements. I was like, yeah, that's Ghostface or, or some, some it's the fisherman. Like, it's, they did such a good job in, in casting and then going through the performance to like, really throw that at to the forefront of your mind and be like wow i'm watching like a 90 slasher yeah yeah mixed with this is what i love about it it's a 90 slasher but mixed with the brutality of an early 80s slasher you know what i'm saying yeah. because yeah the, the thing is i love my 90 slashers though it's one of my favorite genres i love valentine urban legend i know you did last summer of course, all the screen movies. But the thing they skimped on was kills because they wanted them to be more easily accessible, uh, even more accessible than they do now. So they wanted suggestion rather than kills, brutal kills. And those of us that love the early 80s stuff, I mean, it's it, it's just we're we're there for the, the gore, man. And Savini, Savini yeah, kills from the yeah. 80s, especially mm-hmm. this movie definitely reminded me a little bit. You know, I see a little bit of the Prowler in there, too, um, yeah. you know, with with that style. And I was like, I love how they married those two things together, because I was like, it's the best of both worlds. Right. Um, you can't really beat that. No, yeah. you can't. I got to say, too, like there were so many creative kills in this one that I loved, but the kill that made me like queasy and wince is when they're all at the Thanksgiving table at the end. And, you know, he's going around and be like, you gotta oh. say what you're thankful for. And it's Evan's head with the, the fucking, Oh, or when he cut the girl's leg, that was crazy. That was yeah. disgusting. Looking oh, yeah. with the like kind of slimy looking. Oh. And then dude, when he, uh, when John Carver took the, uh, the wine cork and popped it in the chick's neck oh. and then like the blood started coming out and he put the wine and he, the, and the he wine shook glass. the glass and he set it down and he said, you're going to want to let that breathe for a minute. Dude, like, dude. Our, our entire theater laughed at that line extremely hard. Oh, dude. So for me, the, the greatest scene in the entire movie with the killer John Carver was when he finally he had everybody sitting around the table and he's talking mm-hmm. and just how calm he was. Dude, it was like he was, he was like doing a, cook, a, a cooking show for QVC or some <laughs> shit, you know, promoting it a was, product. It was hilarious. It was so fucking awesome, dude. And and scary that he was just very nonchalant. He's going around and he's just like, now you're going to eat a piece of your wife. Like, 
I don't know. Like I, yeah. I loved it, and that especially felt like some eighty slasher to me, man. Some happy birthday to me type shit. Yeah, like, I little dude. details. Yeah, dude. I that's that's probably my favorite scene in the movie was was yeah. the, the Thanksgiving dinner scene, and I'm glad that Roth was like, yeah, we're gonna have the killer abduct all the remaining cast, and then set them up around well you know jeremy to your point there not only is that an amazing scene and is entertaining but that shows the power of the killer look what he just did and he could have killed them all he brought them in to torture them which roth has been known to do torture perfectly um i loved that he had them all like fucking tied up at a table and he's literally slicing the leg of like a basically a deep fried human being you know that he cooked like a fucking turkey which that character (laughs) by themselves you wanted to see them get cooked like a fucking turkey the whole movie because you're like this is a truly (laughs) bad person so they're they're comeuppance when she's just like waking up and laying there and she's kind of like what the fuck is going on like where i'm am i and he's just like garnishing her and like laying the carrots putting the and butter potatoes. on her face yeah and then he puts putting the them between, their, between, between, between toes. her toes yeah i was yeah, like yeah. oh gross but i was like this is just like you're like there's no way that they're gonna do this but it's eli roth so of course he's gonna do it i, like, I wasn't like it's gross i was like i'd eat that I would not. It looked delicious. On a foot. It looked delicious. <laughs> it probably tastes better than fucking turkey, man. That's really gross. Oh, Actually, you're, you're saying it's if gross, anything, if, but you and me are I'm, the ones talking I'm about. I'm not saying eating a person would be gross. You're I'm the resident cannibal. I'm exactly. The, the garnish. Who the fuck am I talking to here? Is not what I would eat. Her feet yeah, look I'd clean, eat, though. I'd eat a piece of her. Her feet look clean, bro. I mean, I'm just saying. If it was consensual. Um, <laughs> I gotta throw that in there. Uh, yeah wait i'm just curious who did you guys think was the killer like while watching it though besides i thought it was i thought it was who it ended up being really what about you jeremy i i kind of i didn't spend a whole lot of the movie going man i wonder if it's this person or that person i kind of just went along with with the ride um i don't know part of me you know they they wanted you to think that it was the boyfriend who his his wrist got fucked up. Who was the pitcher, you know? Yeah. Um, Bobby. And so like, part of me was like, man, they could go the scream route and make you think it's kind of make you think it's him. And then go, well, no, it's not him. And then it ended up being him. But I don't know, man, I, I, I really didn't spend a whole lot of the time when I was watching it. Um, going, Oh, I, I wonder if it's this person. I, I kind of was just along for the ride. Cause I was loving every fucking minute of this movie. There was not one point in this movie where i was like all right let's move things along here or i'm yeah i'm bored or i don't like this like i felt like a kid in a candy store man like i was watching a new slasher movie with a great slasher villain with a cast that i liked with incredible fucking kill scenes man like eli roth knows like i'm making a slasher movie the only thing that people want out of these is possible to give likable characters that and fucking crazy deaths that people are going to talk about after the movie that's why the friday the 13th movies were so huge in the 80s because people afterward would talk about the kills did you see the fucking sleeping bag they couldn't believe what they saw you know no at the time and what not to cut you off but 
what that's what he's doing he's reinventing that for a new generation of people because let's face it even though we've had decent kills in the last five years of new slasher movies uh again terrifier 2 excluded uh but we haven't had anything it's only like, excluded because you can't compare it exactly anything else but we haven't had anything that's like water cooler fair where it's like dude did you see that movie last night like holy shit those fucking kills and you're talking about them and you know like like the scene at the end of the movie during the parade where mm-hmm. the father is driving in the fucking parade and his two little kids are sitting next to him and he gets impaled through the head and his the father's blood splatters all Dude, over the fucking the children and their shirt his nose such his nose being in a different oh, place oh, man it's pure gold but it's like that's Incredible. something that everyone will talk about you know so he he he's hitting the nerve that he knows he needs to and it makes total sense that he i mean say what you will about his movies either you like him or you don't or you, you kind of do but he is an expert he is uh, a film historian he knows his shit about everything to do with movies not just horror like you hear him talk he's so interesting to listen to he i mean he he can dissect jaws in like five minutes and tell you every single thing about it as an example so it would make sense that this is the guy that could make like you know a new classic slasher film and he he, he did he, he accomplished that here with thanksgiving yeah, I also do appreciate, and since we've already said it's a, a spoiler-filled episode, how the first POV shot of the movie is from the killer, and it's yeah, a and, and it's a throwback to Halloween. I literally heard yeah. someone sitting behind me, and they like they didn't know that it was intentional. They're like, "That looks like Halloween." I wanted to turn around <laughs> and go, "You fucking yeah. think so?" Yeah, <laughs> I was it like, ended up was being great. the killer. You're absolutely right, yeah. man. That was yeah. like. And you hear the deep breathing in every first shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But the like you said, Jeremy, like they do so many great moments of giving you red herrings. Like, so at first you're seeing him, you're like, all right, this makes sense. Uh, and then it's okay, well, it's the the manager who had to work that night who lost his wife. And then it's like, okay, well, it's it's one of the boyfriends, or maybe it's both, and they're gonna go scream route. And then it's like it could be literally anyone, but I don't know. I as soon as they open the door and and Patrick Dempsey uh, as the sheriff is there, I was like, yeah, it's got to be him. Sexiest man alive, ladies and gentlemen. You know, that's his real accent. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. He's okay, from Maine. Because I was going to ask yeah. you, because you're up there all the time. I mean, when I was up there on the set of Beetlejuice 2 this last weekend, I heard a lot of accents. Um, yeah. And I'm not used to it very often, but you're up there all the fucking time. So I was going to ask you specifically how close his accent was, but I had no idea that was his actual accent. So you're telling me that all the way back in the day, can't buy me fucking love. Seriously, yeah. he was told to drop the accent because it would limit uh, his roles. And so when he told Eli Roth, he was like, "Hey, like, do you want me to use the accent?" And Eli Roth was like, "I really don't like fake New England accents because I'm from there, and it like really drives me fucking insane." And he was like, "No, no, no, I have like a real accent." And he's like, "Are you serious?" And he's like, "Yeah, I lived in Maine most of so my Jeremy, life." So, Jeremy, Jeremy, this is your time to tell if you want to tell this story. You've met Patrick Dempsey. I have on like, you know, our listeners hear me tell stories often where I meet celebrities. Most of the time it's because I planned things out and I make it happen. Uh, This time was pure coincidental. I'll tell, uh, you know, a very shortened version of the story. But my cousin and his wife, they got married in Utah at a ski resort that is a very, very popular hotspot for celebrities to vacation. 
And it just so happened that Patrick Dempsey was vacationing with his family at the same time my cousin and his family was getting married. So um, I met him. I was uh, at the ski resort. There was a restaurant, like a five-star restaurant. And so we go there for dinner, and there he is. And he's standing by himself. And so I was like, oh, fuck. I just wanted a picture with him because I didn't know he was going to be there. Um, so I walk up and I just said, hey, Mr. Dempsey, you know, my name is Jeremy. I'm, I'm a huge fan. And I said, I loved you in Scream 3, to which he laughed. <laughs> I'm sure out of everything he's done, he, you know, I'm sure he, he appreciates the fandom now. But at that time, this was, you know, over 10 years ago. I don't know that people were just approaching him like, I fucking loved you in Scream 3. But uh, he's he was like, like yeah, oh, you better have so much. And so I said, can I grab a picture with you real quick? And he said, look, man, I would love to take a picture with you. I really would. He goes, but the moment I take a picture with you, I become the shopping mall Santa Claus. Yeah. And people are going to see it. And then he said, my family's about to walk in. And then I'm going to be sitting at the table with my family and someone's going to walk up and want a picture. And then another person's going to walk up. He was like, how about this? Can we shake hands? And I was like, oh, absolutely. Shook his you hand. You said, can I take a picture like, of your hand? Can I take a picture of your hand? I just lick it. <laughs> Ew. <stop>. So, uh, <laughs> just motorboating Patrick Dempsey's hand. I would. Yeah, he's like, what? He's like, I what mean, is? I think we all I would. would. <laughs> so I uh, shook his hand. My dad's all funny. My dad was like, I love you, Dr. McDreamy. Like, oh, my God. Good old Dean. So anyway, so what's to end this story, what's even crazier is uh, the next day, my cousin's wife and her bridal shower is outside in the snow taking their bridal photos. Like, out of a fucking 80s movie, just like Patrick Dempsey was in many of, he walks up off of the ski slope, takes his ski mask and hat off, still has fucking perfect hair, shakes shakes his beautiful fucking hair, and they're like, oh my god, that's Patrick Dempsey. And so they, they, they asked, they said, would you come take a photo with us? And he was like, no, 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 this is your special day. And they were like, yeah, that's why we would love a photo with you to make it even more special. He was like, okay, okay. So he took a photo, basically crashed their bridal shower photos, right? The photos are amazing. He ends up going on the Ellen DeGeneres talk show, and they had reached out to my cousin, and they were like, hey, we're having him on the show. We want him to talk about crashing your bridal photos can we have the photos from the photographer and do you give us permission to, to, to do it? And they were like, yeah. So there's literally pictures of my cousin's wife and Patrick Dempsey on the Ellen DeGeneres show. So that was my Patrick Dempsey. Experience. That's pretty good. Yeah. You should have just taken the picture with you though, if we're being honest. Yeah, dude, there was a lot of people in there and I don't fault him for being like, dude, the moment I do this, it's not going to stop the entire time. Like, yeah. and he was and like, literally his family wasn't there when I asked him, but he had told me, he was like, my family's about to be here any second. And like, it's going to be a thing. So I, guess. I, I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand too. I understand. I think that's probably got to be the best part. One of the best parts about this podcast is how it's all come back around to now. Justin is making fun of himself. <laughs> I understand. I'm not making fun. Listen, I, I, apparently I speak, I say it that way. I don't fucking know. All right. Whatever. Listen, I do it sober or slightly intoxicated. Also, I'm really I apologize. Like because I live in New England, we have central heating, and uh, 
I'm sure you can hear it sounds like fucking gorillas in the mist up here right now, but like it's uh I have no control over this. So I'm sorry in advance. I don't at least, you, at least you guys can't say you can't hear me, right? Well, it's almost like you're, you're, you. you're, you're cooking a human, you know? Yeah, I, like I pretty much am because at, at three in the morning, it'll just come on and be like, <laughs> like all it's right. like the devil shows up in your apartment. Just <laughs> <laughs> But before we go any further and before we get to our trash it or treasure it and how we feel about this movie, uh, one of the biggest things that people talked about leading up to this movie is in connection to the faux trailer, which is the trampoline kill. Jeremy, mm. the original, the OG motherfucking trampoline kill, the knife goes where? In the vagina, and I was disappointed oh. that did not happen. <laughs> I was disappointed one. it did not go in the vagina. <laughs> Let's be honest here. When the knife did not go in the vagina, <laughs> I was severely severely felt left left uh, feeling like I this almost, was just I almost stood up and left the theater. I turned to my Listen, wife, Mr. though. Roth, if you're listening to this... Eli sorry. Roth, you almost lost a fan. I did turn Eli to... Eli almost scrapped I, 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 I turned to Danielle and I said, it, it's supposed to go on her pussy. She's like, oh, that would have been <laughs> Yeah, cool. I'm sure you said it that quiet. She's like... <sighs> what do you mean? Of course I said it was that quiet. I was in like, Alamo Draft House. You think I'm yelling that shit where I work? Yeah, yeah. They will. They will escort him out. That's I'll true. escort. I'll, I, someone, I, I, someone I'll, will ride on the card and turn the light on. I have to escort myself out. Nah, security would have been like, you know what? You're right. They're like, I would have gotten <laughs> yeah, a too, right? sir. You have a nice night, <laughs> dude. I almost escorted some motherfucker out for having his flashlight on his phone on to pick out what he wanted to eat. <laughs> I was like, you can't. I was like, dude, you can't have that on. That's why there's lights. Justin doesn't wait the for the card to go up. Justin flies down across all the seats. I, don't yeah, I gotta get back there. down to Alamo. I love that place. We only have hey. one in downtown. It's kind of like hard to get to. The one up here just dude, opened so this great. weekend. Dude, I almost went. Yeah. A a well, our listeners will find out about this eventually. But after I met Tim Burton, someone was like, "Oh, oh! dude." The new, the new the new Alamo opened down the street, and I knew that because someone had posted about it. And I'm sure they're running my program there too. So I was like, "Oh, I should go say hi." And but yeah, I was like, I "I'm literally yet, in, dead man walking." So it's in Seaport, so it's it's in a good location. How do far? All the, sorry. No, go ahead, Callan. Do they do all the nice like Christmas concessions in, in at your Alamo? With the, I, the uh, Justin, that's for you. Yeah. Christmas Christmas concessions like the foods. Oh, of course, yeah, man. We do uh, different holiday stuff for every different season. Yeah, like right now we have our peppermint shake, which is one of my favorites. We have the version with the schnapps in it and stuff. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the Alamo for me is like an hour. Well, if you're going <laughs> opposite traffic, if not, it's about two and a half. Well, yeah. worth it. I, I might as well bring it up now because I always forget to promote my screening. So Epic Film Guys promoted screening on December 12th. The new 4K restoration of Child's Play. Terror Ooh. Tuesday. Come on out for it. Maybe Jeremy will be there. Maybe he, he probably won't. Um, but we, we are planning something <laughs> special for next year. <laughs> we are planning something special for next year. Um, or we can get at least two thirds or all three of us at an event and do some cool shit. So shit's in the works. But I wanted to bring that up while I remembered. But back to the movie. Back to the movie. 
any standout moments you guys had you want to talk about before we wrap up and give ratings? I think I've said so mine. Yeah. I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out there. Mm-hmm. Um so Rick Hoffman plays mm-hmm. the CEO of this Walmart type company. What's it called? It's something it's something Mart. Shot is it's right Mart. Right yeah. Mart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like they were like all the signs say not fight Mart or some shit like that. Yeah. But uh yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, Rick Hoffman, he he played Thomas Wright, and I he was in one of the hostile movies too. Uh mm-hmm. so he must be boys with with Eli Roth. But he was in uh, suits too. There you go. He, yeah. he's an incredible actor. So typically in these kind of movies, he would play like an evil CEO that you would root to hate because that's how they're written. It's like, well, this person only cares about money. They don't give a fuck about anybody, you know, so we want them to die. However, this is one thing that I love about Eli Roth. He knows this. He understands that understands that anybody else writing this horror film would have made Thomas Wright a villain. Like, a villain that you rooted for their demise. He did the exact opposite. You know, he made Thomas Wright to be, like, a character that he feels bad about the Black Friday massacre. And mm-hmm. he wants to do the right thing to to make it right. And I really fucking appreciated that that was a plot device in this movie for that character. Because, uh, like I said, any other horror film would have absolutely made him a bad guy. So um, I, I really loved his performance and really loved what they did with his character. Uh, I got to shout it out to my main man, Scuba. Um, <laughs> Scuba was great. Scuba's the, great, Scuba's the fucking shit, dude. What One of my favorite characters in the entire movie, for sure. And honestly, one of the most level-headed. Everyone thought he was hot-headed. I'm like, no, he actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. Scuba. <laughs> It was fan fucking tastic. I, I I honestly I feel like everybody that uh that showed up to this did a great thing. They obviously they set it up for a sequel. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that that happens, man, because these characters. I'll tell you right now. As much as I did come around to the cast of Scream Six in Scream Six, I didn't care for them much in Scream Five. In Scream Six, I feel like they kind of found their footing a little bit for the characters, and I cared for them a little bit more than I did in the previous film. Um, this, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think I actually prefer the cast in Thanksgiving over the new Scream film. There was something about these characters that I was like, man, I really, I really dig this. And now I want to know, I want to know what, what happens next, man. Um, Christmas. You know, well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I want to see where these characters go next with the love triangle that was still kind of a thing at the end of this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really love the cast of this That's movie a great point you made, Jeremy. Made. The love triangle's technically still possibly there when the movie ends. Because ex-boyfriend, new boyfriend, they're still a thing in the movie because neither of them are the killer. So... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, I got, I, I gotta, I gotta say though, um, I was reading an interview with Eli Roth, and they asked him if he would tackle another holiday theme, and he said, "Yeah, nobody's done a an Easter Bunny horror movie yet." So, has that motherfucker not that seen Critters too? 
Come on now, horror historian. My, I don't think he's seen a a certain other movie. Uh, a movie that our own Lee said about that one. Our own co-host himself wrote, directed, <laughs> produced, edited, starred in, did special effects, makeup. It's the best. called Easter Sunday, <laughs> which I own the fucking Blu-ray. I own a signed copy of the Blu-ray. So do I. As as you fucking should. Jeremy told me I can never watch it. Yeah. I've seen it twice. <laughs> so wait, did you did you meet him after he was promoting the movie? No, this was like a couple months ago at age 45. He's like, I'm sorry, you can never watch this. Oh, well, that means you should watch it. When someone tells you not to, it. when someone tells you not to do something, Kellen, do you listen to them? I want to watch it so bad. You no I idea. say nay. Send me a copy. I say good day, sir. I'll do it. <laughs> I will do it. So yeah, I mean, so let's 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 get the 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 cat out of the bag on on the killer reveal. It's the most sexiest man alive. Patrick, Patrick Dempsey, Dempsey, man. Crazy how he gets on the front cover of People magazine as the sexiest man alive. Yeah. The week before Thanksgiving releases in theaters. Fancy that. How soon do they know? That they're like the vote. Like, did they like? Did they know the week it comes out? I don't like, know, but I, I, uh, Brady, I asked you this, and I'll ask Kellen oh, this. Okay. Um, <laughs> is is he on? Is he on like some like I, again? I don't watch television that much. Is he on something else where women are gonna vote for him for this reason? Because I'm like, last I looked, he hasn't been in a movie in a while. So like, why is he relevant now in terms of that title? Anyone know? He did like a weird porn. You... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. Come on. Come on. Like, what? No, but I did see the magazine in the store and I didn't even realize that. I was like, wait, sexiest man alive. This was like the day after I watched Thanksgiving. Yeah. So okay. weird. I mean, they said he stayed off the radar mostly since he left uh, Grey's Anatomy back in 2015. Oof. Oh, that's almost 10 years. Yeah. All right. So I well, how, I don't know how I, he stayed relevant. I, I, Good for him. I can attest to this. Um, he's still sexy in the movie, um, mm-hmm. even with that cop outfit on and everything. I mean, he lives up to the name. He lives up to the title, um, and he plays a fantastic killer in the killer reveal. We know he's not the guy under the costume, for sure. But and he bakes. He bakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does. He bakes. He bakes. He does. I didn't look that good, but and, yeah, and, 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 a man and, that can and bake. We know the reasoning behind his reason for revenge. Um, you know, he was banging his buddy's wife. Got who was pregnant. about to leave her husband. She yeah. was knocked the fuck up. And he's she like, got yo, knocked the fuck out. She got her shit. <laughs> she got her fucking scalp slid across the floor she in that shitty ass Kmart sure. wannabe store. Um, that scene was actually very disturbing to me because she was like helpless the entire time. I felt terrible. Well, you know where she wasn't scene. helpless, was but she was on her rough, back getting man. porked by her. Oh, her lover. come on. Yeah. A little insensitive just, there. Maybe I think there's some karma involved here. I don't know. What about the dude that got his fucking wrist like fucking stepped on? That looked terrible. Little, oh, Bobby! What, and dude, like, and, ah. hey, listen, he was a big star up up until that point. So, and he was a nice guy actually. So, to be honest with you guys, that one hit harder, I think, because he went to go hang out with his girlfriend. 
he knows that she thinks that her new stepmom's a bitch, which she definitely was. She deserved to be fucking turned into a cooked, human turkey. Alive. Yeah, she did. She did. Um, but he, Bobby was a great character. And I loved him as a red herring because, you know, you put we him talk, We talking about Bobby Boucher? <laughs> no. Well, this is baseball, but. Mama said. But for real, though, I mean, he was he, he there was nothing that, you know, everything he wanted to do in the opening sequence was protect her. Um, he was a good guy. So, yeah, anyway, I mean, that's that's how his hand got hurt. He tried to go save someone. He tried to go yeah. save the security guard under the yeah. door. Yeah. Which I would have been like, fuck that. I got a baseball. Dude, yeah, there was so the much fuck. There was so much fucked up imagery and things happening in that point where you just felt so terrible for people. Yeah. And, and 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 honestly, I, I I wanted to have this open conversation with you guys at least very quickly because, especially Brady and Jeremy, you guys worked retail, grocery yeah, I stores. That. I mean, you guys have seen this yeah, shit for real, for real, for yeah. real, for real. For we, real. we we both got out that game though, dog. <laughs> I'm yeah. saying, but you guys have experienced people acting a fool yeah. and going nuts over deals oh, or just being dicks oh, bro, and I, stuff. I've seen I've seen I've seen the worst uh, of humanity it all oh for sure if you work in any retail store around the holidays or during a pandemic um you're gonna see some of the worst shit ever i've seen people get spit in the face mm-hmm. um punched, pushed yep. slapped fucking dirty underwear thrown at them that's not an exaggeration uh so Oof. yeah man there you know is was a lot of that super hyper exaggerated maybe slightly but it's honestly not too far off from how fucking insane people can get at these things yeah <laughs> well yeah, it, it was it was never out of the realm of possibility when i was watching it i was like yeah I, I could see any situation that i encountered in retail on black friday going into this yeah yeah i mean fuck just going to the where you guys or jeremy where you live now like the mall there potomac mills good god like trying to go there on Black Friday is in fucking insane. No, you could not pay me. <laughs> you could be like, "Hey, I'll give you two hundred bucks if if you go to the mall and spend three hours there." I had to work Fuck there on a Black Friday that. once. It was awful. No, no way, dude. No way. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, you know what's another yeah. classic Thanksgiving scene from a movie that we totally forgot? Like the most elite one. Is fucking scary movie too. <laughs> the, I the haven't seen that movie. The oh, hand okay. and the mashed potatoes. Yep. <laughs> that, oh, shit. If, you, okay. if you watch that before you eat, you're just not gonna eat. <laughs> so gross. Chris <laughs> Elliott, man. Disgusting. All right. Chris Elliott. Throwing it around the horn, ladies and gentlemen, we're down to the dirty. We're gonna go on for final thoughts and trash it or treasure it. And we'll start with our guest, Kellen, who was cool enough to join us this evening for this review of Thanksgiving. Your final thoughts, and if you're going to trash it or treasure it. Thought it was fucking trash. No, I loved it. Treasure, of course. It was great. Probably the best horror movie of the year. Is there anything that was close to this? I can't even think. I, I, I Honestly, for myself, I'll just speak out loud now. Talk to me was my favorite, and this is probably oh, right. this, this probably surpassed it slightly. Just yeah, for me it's right least. up there with talk to me. My top five for this year, uh, it, it's going to be tough because my top three are going to be tough for me. Don't announce it um, yet, Jeremy. Don't ruin it oh, yet. Dude, we're no, doing no, 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 no. We're doing an episode on it, so shh. 
no, no, I'm not gonna say anything. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, talk to me was was fucking fantastic, and this one, yeah, I love that one. Kind of excited me like that movie did in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So that I guess, uh, I guess I'll I'll jump in. Shit. Um, you trashed or you you treasured it. Um, yeah. I'm also gonna treasure it because this. If you would have given that, you know, the way that I look at movies sometimes is, you know, I fell in love with movies at a very young age and specifically horror movies at a very young age. If someone would have given me this movie, right? Like if somebody stole it from right now and traveled back in time to like 1992, 1993 and was like, here, watch this, but it doesn't come out for shit ton more years. I would watch this and be like, this is my favorite fucking movie ever. Nothing's ever going to beat this. Like, I would fucking, this movie would have fucking blown my child brain. Um, So, yeah, man, I I loved this movie. It's it's the reason that I love the horror genre is it was, it was everything that I love about the genre in general from the -the over-the-top kills to... You know, the setting to how the killer looked, man. Dude, John Carver looked rad as fuck, man. It's been so long since we had, you know, I guess Victor Crawley was the last, like, new slasher icon outside of Terrifier that's like, dude, okay, cool. This villain looks super cool and and is a force to be reckoned with. Um I really fucking dug it, man. Uh, I'm going to treasure this because I do treasure it, and I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I guess I'll jump in after that. Um, you know, I'm just going to fall in line, and if it wasn't obvious before, like it's definitely a, a treasure for me um, as somebody who, you know, I love 90s slashers. Uh, and I know I came to horror late, which I always talk about, but like Eli Roth talks about how, you know, some of these ideas and the kills were even come from when he was like 12 years old. And like, that's what feels like the whole movie. Like this is something a fucking 12 year old would make like a 12 year old horror fan would come up with these kills. But like, that's what makes it so great because that level of joy and excitement and just like terror (laughs) at that age just transcends into this. And like, I, I loved it. Loved the characters. Um, I loved the kills. I thought the setting was so fresh and so cool. And yeah, the imagery of John Carver and that mask is fucking terrifying. And the fact that it is like another ghost face to me where it could be anybody. Like you don't know who it is. Like it's Mm -hmm. so nondescript, but yet still is this fucking figure that you're like, okay, like this, I know I should be scared of this. Um, Yeah. So all around just great fucking movie. Um, It, you know, if we're going back to the talk to me thing, I, I think talk to me might still edge it out. I don't know. It's still out on that, but it definitely was a movie that I like have to recommend to everybody and be like, this is just fun. Like if you want to go see a fun slasher movie, just go see this. So for me, it is a treasure. Absolutely. And there it is, buddy. ladies and gentlemen. And of course I'm falling in line because I just had my slim gym. <laughs> yeah, brother. It's going to be a treasure. (sighs) Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Listen, uh, you know, uh, slashers are my favorite, and this movie gave me the fucking goods. John Carver is a horror icon, as I tweeted two days ago or some shit, and it went like viral or whatever nonsense. I don't know. Who knows? I just tweet shit and see if it hits. If it does, it does. 
Um, but thank you to the the Thanksgiving official Twitter page or whatever for retweeting my blurb on the movie and all that nonsense. I loved this fucking movie. Absolutely adored the shit out of it. I want more of these. Give me Thanksgiving two, Thank- three, Fuck four. Yes, yes, I, yes. Seriously, Thanksgiving in space. Give me them all. There's no Fuck reason yes. why we shouldn't or why they can't. So keep doing them. I really don't want to hear this nonsense that Roth can't direct any more of them. Dude, for real. I know how important you think you are. This is your best movie I've ever watched. All right, you got characters. Hold on, now. he said he said he won't do anymore? I, I'm just saying in general, like, he may want to step away. You know, he hasn't he, said anything. He's, like he's that gotta yet, make though. he's gotta make yeah. more. Be producer, whatever, whatever, whatever. But he's always been a slasher connoisseur, and he showed here he, he's an expert. He made one of the best slashers of the last five to ten years. I mean, there's so much to love about this movie. And also, I have to bring this up always last minute, and I feel terrible about it. Uh, But the score by Brandon Roberts, on top of the songs that Kellen mentioned earlier, you get some punk songs in there and shit. Great soundtrack, but also great score, which is very reminiscent of Marco Beltrami's early scream work uh, as well. Mm -hmm. It's visceral. It's brutal. It's mean-spirited. It's funny. Um, We hear the word fuck in this movie over a hundred fucking times it's my kind of movie so it's gonna be a treasure ladies and gentlemen this is our episode on thanksgiving i i liken this episode to like if you were actually sitting with all four of us at the thanksgiving dinner table talking about this movie because it would be crazy all over the place and we wouldn't really know where we were at but we're like in between cocktails and turkey and uh whatever else is going on so thanks for listening to this episode and thank you Callan, for joining us again as our special guest if our listeners want to find you and what you're doing on social media and your show tell them where they can find you hell yeah my name's Callan, and it's at Callan pembleton on instagram the podcast is at Callan's petty talk show and yeah, I'll be over there. Oh, and I have an EP dropping in a few months. Very fucking like, yeah. If you like pop punk music, yeah, it's gonna be sick. So check that Dude, out. Dude, I've I've no bullshit, and I'm not just saying this because he's on the show. Um, he showed me a bunch of the tracks, and they're so fucking good. <laughs> Thanks. Super dude. super good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, the, the the ones that came out in the studio are pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to it. Pump, dude. Fuck yeah, man. I better, get, I better get an advanced fucking copy of that shit. Dude, I got you. Yeah, the, actually, the the fucking the cover we're making with um the guy from Cinematic Void, Jim, he does like these really cool like horror collages, and I was like, well, he's like the perfect guy to work with on that. So there's gonna be a, like some horror elements on the cover. Awesome, should be, should be cool. Yeah, glad to hear it. And then, of course, our longtime listeners, you know where to find us. But if you're listening for the first time, if you love us, if you hate us, if in this episode, you want to make fun of me for saying understand <laughs> and not make fun of Brady for wearing an Ice Nine Kill shirt. Feel <laughs> free. I'm not wearing one tonight. Feel free. <laughs> Feel free to leave us an iTunes review or Spotify is even easier. You don't have to mention us at all by name. You can just leave star ratings. Then, of course, Brady, we have that thing that we like to do, too, for our special fans. What's that called? 
uh, send nudes. I don't know. Chatterbait. Uh, God damn it. It's called our <laughs> Patreon. And maybe oh, Brady yeah. will send you nudes if you join the Patreon. Look, we I still got pictures ready to go of me with no fucking teeth when I was six years old. So actually oh, gum in the fucking dick. Yeah, I, I remember everyone wanting those. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, as we're dropping this episode before thanksgiving we just wanted to wish you all i think together right guys we wanted to wish all of you guys listening a happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving oh i thought we were saying it together no it's okay oh. it's okay <laughs> let's do it let's do it unanimously all four of us all right, right. Yeah. All right let's do a countdown i'm not cutting any of this let's do it together right now in five four three two happy, happy all right, and also, <laughs> don't kill anyone while you're out there at the stores. Don't harm anyone at all. Don't, you know, just be a nice don't guy. Don't butcher over your bargains, all right? Yeah. There yeah, it is. I a love waffle, that. A waffle iron That's is a new that hashtag guys. right there. Don't butcher over your bargains. Motherfucker, right. don't do it. But or thanks again for listening to this New episode of the Epic Film Guys podcast again. I am Justin. I'm Jeremy. I'm B Ratty. And of course, we were joined by, yes, there he was. Look at him fucking on point. Look at how fucking on point he is. We might as well make him part four of the Epic Film Guys. Um, Let's go. But as we always like to say, we (laughs) like to ask you to keep it. Keep it.